Oh, welcome to the show. Punching the clock. What's funny is you actually have a little shoulder cum stain on this shirt, too. This one, that one actually probably is a real cum stain. Which shoulder? Right or left? It's like on your chest right there. Above your pocket. (laughs) That's a cat hair. Oh, God. (laughs) A big clump of cat hair. Well, are you feeling better about yourself, Tom? You've finally been confirmed a snack on the internet? Everybody's just saying that because they know that I got my feelings hurt last time. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it anyway. That's the thing about compliments. You just got to take them. Man. Take in the compliments. Completely ignore the criticism. Exactly. It's the American way. I do the opposite, unfortunately. We know. Very often. (laughs) We know. I take in the criticism and... uh, well, you know, I, I, ge- I have a generally glass-half-empty outlook on life, so it causes you to focus on the negative shit. That's why I, uh, I'm friends with y'all. Rays of sunshine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm really feeling that right now. Mm. Well, I have a... Um, so I did a little bit of thinking since the last episode, and I was trying to think about... um your thinking cap on. Yeah, yeah, I did. And I was trying to think about um, other good ways to do incrementalism correctly. And one that I got was um, about the national debt. Mm. Um, All right. Feed me. Yeah. Take me up. So if you want to, if you want to deal with the national debt, you know how like reactionary boomers and also just regular boomers will be like, money doesn't grow on trees. That's their main issue. Yeah. <laughs> the national debt is a lot of boomers' main yeah. issue. Right, right, For right. For no other reason right. than just, you know, they pay their payments every month. Why can't they? <laughs> exactly. They they think that's, to them, it's like having a credit card. A credit card payment, right. yeah. Well, and you know, the thing that you always hear is like, money doesn't grow on trees. Well, my solution is, what if money did grow on trees and we turned every leaf on every tree into the national currency? So, for example, like a maple leaf, $1 bill. An oak leaf, that's a $5 bill. Pine needles, those are pennies. <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, this would go far for just, you know, forestation education. There you go. And if we want to print more money, Tree ID. We, we plant more trees. Yes, tree. exactly. It's also got that component to it, too, because you have to be able to identify the leaf. So. You're like, I don't know if I've got a $20 Catalpa leaf in my hand or a $1. And there's literally no way to know how much money is in circulation. Exactly. You'll never know. Totally unknown. Totally unknown. You'll you'll never know. But We would be deforested so quick. Oh, yeah. I mean, this place would look just bald in three days. Bezos would send his fucking shit to come cut every tree down. Oh, that's right. Then we would be so rich. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We would be rich. Overnight, really That's, tipping the scale. That would be like an Appalachian reparations thing because overnight, immediately, the Appalachians would go from being the poorest part of the to nation the to the richest, yeah. <laughs> which we should have been many times over. <laughs> exactly. We, we already know this actually doesn't work. Physical resources are garbage. Jeff Bezos just stumbles into town looking distraught. He's a popper now. <laughs> you just look at him. Reckon tables turn now, Jeffrey. Right. He's just he's just climbing sycamore trees, and we just shoot him. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's that? What's that story that Jesus about Jesus? Um, Zac- Zacchaeus. 
Uh, come down from come there. Come down from there. From going, going to, to your house, house today. 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 Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Um, we, a wee Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man, man was he. He stood up high on the word of God to be. Uh, no, wait, wait, I'm mixing no, two yeah, songs. I thought. No, I thought it was he climbed to the top of a tick- sycamore tree to see what he could see. Yeah. Yeah, that's Which right. Which I'm going to have to check and see if Palestine does have sycamore <laughs> trees. But. Good point. <laughs> God, what if, if we were up. what if we were uh, shit enough in Bible school to be fact checking in Bible school? <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't have to do it that hard. Yeah, it's not. It wouldn't be that difficult. A man lived in the belly of Okay. <laughs> well, okay. I will say, when I was in ninth grade, I remember being in Bible study or Sunday school um, and being like, "So, you know, nobody takes this literally, right?" And everybody looked at me like. What do you mean? And I was like, well, you know, they're just stories that have been passed down. Like, they're not real. Yeah, they're about, you know, they're, they're, to they're, prove a point about something. Right. And everybody, everybody was like, terrible. Yeah. The, 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 the Sunday school teacher, like, looked at the other teachers and was like, um, explain what you mean by that, Terrence. <laughs> Expose yourself, Terrence. <laughs> Descend further into blasphemy. Right. And that was the first time that I dug a hole in front of a large audience and had to dig myself out. <laughs> <laughs> the ripe old age of five. Right. It became a common theme throughout the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, similarly, I really got stuck on the Virgin Mary situation because no one would tell me what a fucking virgin was. <laughs> and I asked every adult I knew, what's a virgin? Oh, you're too young to know that. Well, what is up with Mary? <laughs> I can't get saved unless I know what a virgin How, is. Yeah. What is the deal? It took me years for someone to explain to me what a virgin was for a religion that is so pathologically obsessed with abstinence they kind of painted themselves into a corner with the virgin mary thing literally they should have at least just been like they should have at least at least just said that mary fucked god or something. I, I just I would know. love the ultimate pool hey yeah i would <laughs> love to know the numbers on how many teen pregnancies had to, you know, come to their Christian parents and tried to pull the Virgin Mary thing. <laughs> it was divine. I don't well, know. Look, I haven't I, had sex. Yeah, I have not had sex. I'm, How am I pregnant? Mom, I must In be my holy. womb is the Christ. <laughs> He's coming back out of me. <laughs> the Lord of Lords. Perhaps you've heard of him. I guess this Son does. Of man. This, this does. This was some foreshadowing for Terrence and I about what we were obsessed with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were obsessed with lies and truth. <laughs> and, and you were obsessed <laughs> with sex. I knew this virgin thing was un- was something fucked up. I You're knew right. this was weird. What was yours, Tom? What was your... Uh, what was your Bible hang-up? Your Bible hang-up that, that manifested itself later on in life as a pathological drive to prove yourself in the world. <laughs> I was probably in the sex camp, too, I guess. Were you hung up on the Virgin Mary? I wasn't hung up. I wasn't hung up on anything. I, I would. Say, I always kind of suspected these things were, you I, know. I would say uh, I don't know. Just from outside looking in, I'd say your thing was sin, just in general. Sin. Yeah, yeah. Right. Being a morally righteous, you know, person. You know, being a maybe not, maybe not, Tom. I know I'm pretty shifty. Well, I always look, have been. I'm just saying that it, I it, believe that if you <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I don't have many scruples. <laughs> well, I'm just saying there's kind of a one-to-one parallel between that and, like, hypochondria. You had the hypochondria of the soul. 
<laughs> I guess that's fair, yeah. Uh, and it shifted the hypochondria of the body. Of the body, uh, yeah. Well, Fully manifested. I would say, the reason I say the sex thing is because I can remember <clears throat> abstaining from uh, doing what young men like to do. Um, and then as soon as Jacking I went, off? Yeah, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> and as soon as I'd be done, I would uh, queue up DC Talks, What If I Stumble? <laughs> <laughs> what if I fall? Mm. Oh God! What if I, what if well, <clears throat> I realized this morning. I don't know how I missed this. Probably because I've been sick, and there's just been so much bullshit going on. But May is Masturbation Month. It's Masturbation May, <laughs> which is interesting because it's also Meltdown May. And so you would think that if people were masturbating more, they would be, well, they wouldn't be melting down. Yeah. Be, Who knew? Who knows? I don't know, man. You get stuck in chronic masturbation, it can make you melt down. <laughs> At a certain point, you're going to need the real thing. At what point does masturbation become chronic? One, twice a day? Three That's times a day? That's a lifelong condition, I feel like. It's mm. <laughs> a good question. I think it's probably less about frequency and more about how often you think about it or like mm-hmm. it, how like how uh, reliant you are on it. Uh huh. Like, can you go a few days without masturbating if you're like not alone you know if you're sharing a hotel room you're on a work trip whatever it is can you make it a few days oh yeah yeah you know yeah generally yeah i can can you wait till you're alone um it's hard when you share your house with a partner too it's like do you just <laughs> masturbate while have, they're in the shower have to hide from them <laughs> not to, that's not to insult them how does that work i've never lived with a romantic partner well I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I don't want to put you on blast if you don't want to. Well, here's a couple things. I will say this. Uh, I feel like that's when I started masturbating in different places because used to I was mu- very much a uh, a broom closet gal. <laughs> yeah, I have definitely masturbated on the toilet at work more than once. Oh yeah, I have too. I mean, I don't go to work anymore, but when I did, <laughs> back when I had a job, back when I had a job. <laughs> What's the weirdest place you've ever masturbated? Uh, probably on a toilet at work. It's uh, pretty weird. Right. And at the time, I haven't masturbated in the Apple Shop bathrooms yet, thank God. But um, I was working. <laughs> sure, you know. <laughs> I was. I mean, I could just leave. I don't, I'm not tied to that fucking place. You know, I'll just fucking leave. Um, but when I was tied to an office for eight hours a day, it got a, and it, I was miserable. It got stickier. But this happened to be when I was in an office where I, we had a large shared bathroom, like 18 stalls, with the Perry County Unemployment Office. <laughs> so technically, I masturbated in the bathroom of the Perry County Unemployment, Unemployment <laughs> Office, which makes it one step weirder. <laughs> but the other morning, I woke up so horny, and Michelle was like doing something and in the in the room, and I was like, I, it was like instinctive. <laughs> I just immediately started masturbating. She was like, "Do you want me to?" leave and i was like i don't care what you do <laughs> like i just can't my god <laughs> like I, I, just, I just woke up in a terror i was like i i, I don't wow. know you do do whatever you need to do i remember those days <laughs> waking up horny that that rarely happens to me that's why it was so intense i was like i don't know what's going on just yeah. carry on <laughs> carry on with whatever you were doing <laughs> There aren't a whole lot of physical changes about getting into your 30s, but your sex drive definitely changes a lot. 
Um, it got, comes. You have to jump on it when it's yeah, there. You can't. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I was like, oh, I haven't had a dream. You know, I haven't woke up like this in <laughs> since I was 14 years old. <laughs> years. You got to jump on it. Um. Anyway, I think we should get back to the Bible because I actually had another question. For yeah, Tom, yeah. Which now I've forgotten about. Um, was it about sin? Probably. Oh, oh, oh. You all have probably talked about this on your episodes that I didn't listen to about church because we've had a lot of <laughs> church episodes that I haven't listened to. But um, did you all ever fake the Holy Ghost, you know, where you had to get like pass out, people were passing out, or like someone come touch you and you're supposed to just like fall back? Um, or did was it real? How, how dangerous it? question, Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you why it's dangerous is because the only unpardonable sin mentioned in the scriptures is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. That so if you true. fake it, <laughs> nobody really knows what that means to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. I don't think, but that I think a common it's one of the, it's interpretation like the of Second that Amendment. Is, it's like nobody really knows what it means. Right. <laughs> Well, no. The one time this happened to me, I was a child. I had no idea what was going on. It was like the wave. You know, everyone did it, and it was my turn, and I just had God to fall damn, over. Did you go to Benny Hinn's church? No, well, it was this crazy church that came to run our VBS. You know how they would, like, send up mega churches? That was their, like, mission. They would come do vacation Bible school in the mountains. Yeah, yeah. You know, they still do That's that, so what that sure. was? Yes. <laughs> I never the, put two and two together, the mega, yeah. the mega churches who would come up and do vacation Bible school in the mountains that was their mission they were like bringing you know poor rural kids like yeah the the implication is really hilarious the implication is basically like you're doing christianity wrong you're doing god wrong yeah so we're gonna tell you how to do it right yeah <laughs> and god knows you better do it right so all you poor bastards have <laughs> and i just well, my bit my biggest memory of this because i was you know so young and a lot of it just runs together but one of the guys that come, one of the like teenagers in their youth group that came up, I had a big crush on. And I was like, a, I was a, like a little kid, but I was like obsessed with this guy. He looked like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. How so old was he? I was like hung up. Like he was in high school. Oh. Like he was a senior. So I say, if he had been a youth pastor, he, he probably would scratch that itch. <laughs> but I just, I was floored because at, toward the end of the week when they were having these like big literal come to jesus's uh literal like altar calls and shit yeah. he goes up crying because he had gotten drunk at a party <laughs> before he left for this like mission trip of course he, he, and i he, felt like i knew him like i just really knew him then i was like yeah you could have given him a hand job in a closet i, I was like 12 i was pretty young oh, okay, okay. <laughs> like i was pretty i was like 10 11 12 for terrence has the best of those stories though his friend lonnie yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew uh, I had this guy Lonnie who um, who was giving a testimony in front of his um, in front of uh, it was it was this youth group that I had gone to. I didn't go to it regularly, but I was like sort of shop. Did you ever shop for youth groups? A little bit. There was a mass exodus. I didn't have a lot to choose from here. But. Right. Yeah, there was a mass exodus of my youth group, and I stayed. I was like one of three kids that stuck it out. Why was there a mass exodus? Was it like... Uh, because the the youth guy, le- the youth director left. There was like a, dra- there was like a big oh. drama. And it was my home church. That's where I grew up. Like, like, I was there before all of them. Classic. Classic. I was like, no, I mean, my aunt goes here. I don't know. Right. She gives me a ride to church. I don't really know what else I can do. Well, this this kid <laughs> I went to high school with, I knew him from school and he went to this church and he was giving a testimony about how 
he um like his big sin the thing that he struggled with the most was premarital sex <laughs> and as a sort of symbolic thing to <laughs> as a, that was his big sin. That was his big... Well, because that's the thing. Like, everybody has their thing. Like, the, this JTT guy was like, I drank before I got drunk. When I was in high school, I, like, smoked weed, and I would get really guilty about it. <laughs> um, but, uh, but his thing was premarital sex, and so his testimony as a sort of symbolic thing to show that he was done with it, he burned a box of condoms. <laughs> In front of the entire youth group, I would just—I wish. God. Every time I hear that story, it gets better. But I wish he would just scream "Never again!" right before he burned them. <laughs> I cannot believe they That's... would let him burn condoms that people need. <laughs> how did how did they respond to that? Everybody was like celebrating him. Yeah, no, seriously, he it, was celebrating. Everybody was like, for this good man, you're how, good, did you're he good just, man, did he did. I got a question. Another question: Did he drop the burning condoms onto the carpet and on the <laughs> altar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He put them down on the ground, um, and he, you know, put it out with his shoe. But <laughs> unorthodox technique. Symbolism, but I, man. Who am I to? It's symbolism. <clears throat> um, God, God loves that shit. God loves symbolic. He really does acts. love a symbolic gesture. He loves. It. God loves a good symbolic gesture. Imagine speaking of. Go ahead. Y'all are not going to cop to any blasphemy? In life? Oh, the fake and the Holy Ghost? Hmm. <laughs> no. No, I didn't do that. I, I, well, we didn't have that in my church. You, you didn't, they didn't do the, like, fall over, somebody touch you and you, have to, you fall over? No, I was, like, Southern Baptist. It was very, like, prim and proper. Like very... Me too. This was, like, out of nowhere. Well, yeah, because you got invaded by a bunch of charismatic. Yeah, they were speaking in tongues and everything. That freaked me the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, well, I'm Pentecostal. Like, oh, That's second it. nature to me. Mm, we tons, laid hands yeah. on the sick. Saw him healed. I think that's really hilarious that a like a sort of charismatic Pentecostal or maybe came to my docile <laughs> fucking Southern Baptist church and we were all like, <laughs> we were not welcome in like like First Baptist Church. That shit does not play. Mm-hmm. Like there's a couple of Pentecostal churches that just split up for different reasons from uh, adultery to just you know. <laughs> Wasn't bringing in the ties like someone fucked were. the bass player in the youth group band. <laughs> well, we the praise and worship band. <laughs> and uh, if you tried to relocate to First Baptist, they let you know you have to you know sit in reverent silence. There's no like shouting, speaking in tongues. How you've been worshiping, you have to deprogram it and oh yeah, go with the flow here. Really? Yeah, which is a, interesting. There were a couple people who had like went off to college, like from my church and then when they would come back they had joined different churches wherever the hell they went to college they would come back and they'd be like hey man they'd be like hollering from the back row and me as a kid i'd be like (laughs) (laughs) i was like what is going on (laughs) because so much i just remember getting in trouble because i was like hey (laughs) what is happening tell them you're like what we're yelling from the back row seriously not allowed it was not like that in my church either it wasn't like that either um, it was very, uh, yeah, it was very prim and proper. It's really hot in here, guys. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's fine. We got two, uh, <laughs> just oscillating fans and one's just like hanging out. Just making his way. No, um, I'm trying to think if I did anything like that. Um, like blasphemed. Well, I mean, like anytime you question the existence of God, that's blasphemy. 
right? Oh, yeah. I, guess I don't think technically it would fall into the purview of blasphemy. Quite questioning the existence of God. Like saying God damn. Everybody has no, doubt. No, because the scripture says to try the spirits. What does that mean? You know, just try the spirits. I used to use that on my mom when I would go get drunk. Should I say, I'm just trying the spirits per the scriptures. Oh <laughs> and nobody ever found that as funny as I know. So, but you you don't mean like try like test out other religions. Uh, you mean? Hey, I just think that there's room for inquiry, and even uh, at at the crucifixion, Jesus says, "My God, My God, why is Thou forsaken me?" It's not exactly what I call a declaration of faith. That's true. At his lowest moment, my guy was like. I don't know about this. This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm not the Christ. Mm. Anyway. Got to, it's got to be a pretty bad feeling. Yeah. Me and my sister's got a little too much humor and entertainment out of the Benny Hinn shows. Or whatever. Yeah. I love well, it. Well, it's funny. On TV. Oh, God. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um. Our babysitter would get very upset. Why? That we would laugh at it and act it out and like <laughs> go on and on. I still do to this day with Ty. <laughs> if he sees me, it, to this day he'll walk up and lay hands on me and I gotta act like I'm falling out in the spirit. See? <laughs> so even to, to this, this day, day. To this day. If I called him right now, he would answer the phone and say, yes, father. <laughs> I just, I mean, I guess everyone's experience with church is about like being reprimanded for for fucking everything but i just feel like i was reprimanded for fucking everything asking about the virgin mary staring at people acting weird in church what did they say to you when you asked about the um virgin Mary? wait 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 you're staring at people at church like when people would be like when when we would have visitors who would be more vocal in church i was the kid who was just staring at them who would just start staring at them (laughs) you mean like missionaries from france or something like that we, ha- we never even had any from France. They were from, from like, North Carolina, <laughs> you know? Uh, well, but my church, and it wasn't a very big church, but it was big enough to where um, there were members who were missionaries. And so they would send back, like, reports of their missions. You know what I mean? Like, their good works uh-huh. around the globe. Right. That was, that was more of uh, my Mormon friends that had that going on. Yeah. Around here, the the most common mission trip is Belize. What? You hear about a lot of people going to Belize. What's that? Well, it's because it's the only, uh, I think it's the only South American country that speaks English, like majority English. So they're just like, oh, this will be easy. <laughs> yeah. I love, Very little boundaries. I love American Christianity. Lovely climate. <laughs> Taking they the easy stand, mission trip. I yeah. shit you not. There's a there's like a whole crew in Cumberland who they like fire department style stand out in the four way intersection with buckets raising money to go to fucking Belize. Yeah, that's a vacation fund. <laughs> You're right. It's unbelievable. <clears throat> but they like bust ass. They like go down there and they like build houses and stuff. Um. And yeah, they could be doing that here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, there's plenty of people need <laughs> new houses here. God almighty. I, wa- I used to want to be a missionary uh, because when I was growing up in the church, I was like, what's my, what does God want me to be? <laughs> Actually, my voice wasn't that low. Was, what does God <laughs> want me to be? <laughs> what does God want me to be? Am I a real boy? Yeah, what does God want? <laughs> uh, am I going to be a youth pastor or a uh, missionary? <laughs> 
Maybe I'll be in the praise and worship band. <laughs> so that's how you learn drums. Tell us the truth. That is that is honestly literally how I learned the drums. Playing and praise. Playing in praise and worship band. Wow. <laughs> the funniest thing about praise and worship band. Oh my god. The praise and worship the funniest shit ever. This will resonate with probably a solid two dozen of our audience members, but it will resonate deeply. The funniest thing is that they put you behind this glass wall. Oh, God. This, like, plexiglass wall. You know what I'm talking about? They had one First Baptist, yeah. And I know... We didn't have that. I, I never really understood why. It's like, they try to dampen the drum sound because they don't want it to be, like, full-on fucking, like, you know, kiss, like, ACDC type shit. <laughs> But like um, you only get the the tom and the hi hat or something. Right, it's like you can't. <laughs> and they you give ain't you getting the, a full set in there. And they give you the brushes too. I'm asking you a question. They ever oh, get on to you for playing your music too bouncy? Yeah, absolutely. Like if you threw in a drum fill, <laughs> like, showboating a little bit. Like, hey, Terrence, don't you roll those drums? Yeah, and you'd be, don't you'd you be well into it. Like, yes, Lord. Boom. Rocking on that And then they still stop and be like. All right, uh, we're going to take five. Can I talk to you a minute? <laughs> Look, I know you got these new drumsticks. <laughs> Could you just tone it down a little bit? Try these brushes here. <laughs> our uh, our band would go and play at different churches, and they would tell them that stuff. Cause really? They, if, they're, if they started getting if, uh, Brother Tony to get a little too crazy on that Stratocaster. <laughs> Telling to rain it in, we don't do that here. Brother Tony, it ain't that kind of show, dude. I've played in many praise and worship bands. Well, like that's the thing. A lot of praise and worship bands um, have a lot of really good musicians in them. Incredible that, musicians that want to just fucking rip. Yeah. And so I've played in a few where like the guitar player just lets it go, just sit in the middle of like a, everybody's feeling it. I fucking love you, Jesus. I love you, and then just. <laughs> and then they f immediately repent for making it about them. Yeah. That's a that's a common thing at uh, at church band practices. I know that uh, they have to kind of like talk about like who made it about who. You know, the yeah. last show. Oh, it's got to be just you know evenly about distributed, very yeah. unilateral. But the funny thing is, is there's like a worship leader and stuff. And it's always about them. And it's always about them. It's usually a really hot girl and a really hot guy. And they're always like, we love you, Jesus. They're like grinding against each other and playing the tambourine. <laughs> For a religion that... this is just how you remember it. Because <laughs> you were a twisted little fuck. Yeah, I was twisted and perverted, standing back, sitting back there on those drums. Probably with a boner. <laughs> oh, my God. Masturbating during praise and worship practice. <laughs> Behind the plexiglass, that's yeah. what it was for. Your boy had cum stains on his shirt way back when he was <laughs> 16. <laughs> Tom's getting uncomfortable. He's sweating. I'm, I'm getting prudy over here. <laughs> are you? No, I'm, I'm a minister now. You are? I'm an official minister. I'm going to start... Um, what's the Catholic thing? Uh, you know, taking... Uh, Communion? No, when people come tell you their sins. Oh, confessions. Yeah, I'm gonna start taking confessions. <laughs> well, if you're gonna do that, you have to. <laughs> the thing is, Tanya, is that if you want to do that, you have to also abide by the other pastor rules, priest rules, which are never set, never have sex. So you gotta be celibate if you want to take confessions. That's obviously. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. I guess 
You couldn't None fuck of them little boys. Took that oath. I mean, uh, I think we saw where that led. <laughs> Not a good look. Oh lord! Give your confessions to Tanya. Yeah, send me your confessions for our hundredth episode, which yeah. is literally next week. I have a confession. I have a confession. Okay. So you know how last week I was like, "Look, y'all take care of that show, whatever. I'll take care of the hundredth episode." I did try to take care of the hundredth episode. And it did not pan out. You know who I tried to get on the show for the 100th episode? Her. None other than the man himself, Danny Glover. (laughs) No bite, no dice, huh? No dice. So the theory, if you throw the bat signal up to Danny Glover 48 hours in advance, and you gave him a week and a half. I gave him two weeks. He didn't do it. I didn't respond. didn't respond. So I'm kind of bummed. It's our, our bat signals broke, obviously. Danny yeah. would come if he could see it. That's what I told him in the message. I was like, look, we're huge fans of Mr. Glover. Uh, we're also huge fans of social justice. And we know that Mr. Glover will show up for any social justice cause. And uh, the 100th episode is a big cause. It's <laughs> a big cause. <laughs> I got nothing back. Damn. Pretty bummed about they it. What if the day before? What if? What if we come up here to record <laughs> Danny Glover sitting on that couch, microphone in oh hand, headphones off, ready to go? And he just no winks way. at Terrence and says, "I told you I wouldn't let you know." I told you. <laughs> Jeez. Or rather, you knew I wouldn't let you down. <laughs> so, if you have confessions, you want to give them to us, send them to Tanya. Yeah. Send them to Tanya. Let's do, we'll do it. Well, you want to do a Q&A since Danny Glover's rebuffed us? Let's do I two. Do. Let's do two things. Let's do confessions with Tanya and Q&A. Okay. So send either one of the other, Q&A or confessions to Tanya. Or do we have an email address? Yeah, trillbillyworkersparty, no apostrophe, mm-hmm. at gmail. Or you send, can DM us, too. Or you could send them to the DMs, too. Yeah. But if you want it to be anonymous, which confessions... Please indicate, so. Confessions generally have to be anonymous, right? As a general rule, yeah, that's why they did the little yeah. closet we'll thing. We'll just keep the them closet. all anonymous. <laughs> but yeah. okay, well, or, or for the format's sake, if you don't want, if you don't care that your name and location is said, that indicate that. If not, make up a name and location. There you go. Despite my instincts, I'm going to try really hard not to turn this into an advice column. <laughs> and Why? I think it would be great. Take your confessions, and I'm not going to give you any advice on them. That's basically what a priest does, right? When he takes confessions? I guess that's true. Well, he tells them what to, how many Hail Marys and whatever. Yeah, yep. how many Hail Marys. Mm-hmm. And he, I think they often give some scripture to help guide the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you some Dolly Parton lyrics to help guide the way. <laughs> Yeah, Dolly song to Yeah. That I'll tell you either the, either the Dolly Parton or the Lizzo song that you need to put on repeat to get you through this time. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. I want to give it, I want to get a Catholicism. I'm I think I'm going to make the leap from being an atheist to a Catholic. They get to drink? <laughs> yeah. They have all the money? Yeah. I, they have um, a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are again. Here we are again. You don't agree to them? <laughs> they have so much money? No, it's <laughs> Pentecostals are the ones that have all the money. Really? Really? Yeah. Secretly? What did Stalin say about the Pope? Uh, he said, how many divisions does he have? When he's talking about the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church has its own credit union. Like their own loaning. They have their own country. <laughs> yeah, they have their own country. Yeah, they have their own, <laughs> yeah, country. Yeah, they have their own country. Jesus Christ. I'd say they're pretty loaded. <laughs> My man, 
Pope. What Pope are we on? Francis. Pope Francis. The first. Well, as a member, proud member of the Knights Templar, um, <laughs> I can't abide doing a show with the Catholic. Oh. Long-standing beef between the two factions. I thought the Knights Templar was a Catholic. No. Ooh, no. Catholics hated the Knights Templar. Well, then who fought in the Crusades? Then well, shit, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought I just thought for the, you can't be until recently you couldn't be a Muslim or a Catholic and be a Mason. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, wow. that's where I'm. That's where I'm basing all this. I've hmm. no knowledge of the Crusades, except that I've they happened. And Orlando Bloom was in a movie about them called Kingdom of Heaven. What are some of <laughs> the uh, local rumors you've heard about the Masons here? <clears throat> I know the Masonic ritual. Tell really? us about it. Yeah, it's the same as every fraternity ritual. Really? Yeah, it's basically some variation of getting led through a perilous situation only to come out on the other side of it with your brothers. So, hazing. <laughs> More or less, if you're required to get nude. Goat fucking? Any goat fucking? No, none of that. None of that. <laughs> I want to know. Can, you can't tell us, can you? That shit's for life, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never betray it. the secrets of Pi Kappa Phi. Fucking God damn it. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> yeah, I'm an official minister now. I have the flask to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they give you? <laughs> the brides that I married, they had a flask inscripted with Minister Turner and the wedding day. I did see that. gifted it to me. It was so sweet. That was pretty nice. So now I have... A commemorative um, drinking vessel. I told them I would put holy water in it, of course. <laughs> drinking vessel to remind me of my first wedding. Yeah, I got to officiate. I, I like how sermon. that you got. <laughs> what What did you What did you say about the two? Getting but getting married. Yeah. Did you have like a nice? Did you have to write the? the I did. Uh, I wrote. I wrote a love sermon. That's what wow. it was on the like wedding agenda. Love sermon. Have you ever been in love? I love myself. <laughs> the ultimate dodge. The ultimate. We know. <laughs> Absolutely. I love myself so much. But have you ever been in love with somebody else? Yes. I'm in love right now. Okay. It's a right. great feeling. That's good. That's good. Yes. I've been, I'm in love now. I've been in love twice before. That's good. I believe. That's Four or five more times than I've been in love. Four or five more <laughs> than three. Four or five times more. You love Leon, don't you? Mm-hmm. That's a different kind of love. I've been in love before. Don't ask me. It's mysterious. It's way in my past. I gotta keep it. Keep it buried. Gotta Stoic. Keep it. Gotta keep it. Bring it out. Just bring it out for the confessions episode. How about chest. that? <laughs> Send us an anonymous email. No. All of our confessions for the episode will be our own. <laughs> Uh, no i wrote a love sermon mostly based on bell hook's book all about love what's the gist of that book or as construed by tanya turner minister well i pulled out the good part i mean most of it is that all of most of americans understanding of love is bullshit and based in capitalism uh that's bell's (laughs) general but i pulled out the good stuff that's like we we don't fall in love we choose to love because it's an action not a feeling if it were a feeling it would come and go we like it's active it's like 
every day that you do things for the person you love and even when you don't want to or whatever i didn't say all that but very <laughs> like love as an action as a wheel as yeah. an intention that was my love sermon that's good i'm into that yeah. idea of act of something you do being love instead of some way you feel yeah love isn't love yeah and most other languages have many words for love like we are like blanket love to like we we don't even we don't even have language to actually <laughs> articulate what love is in this country i love america <laughs> so great yeah. it's so one-dimensional it's pretty and sad yeah it's this thin paper thin it's great oh yeah well no i've always heard that like love used to be like a um like something that you you know you would give up a part of yourself to something greater you know like you would um you know back in the sort of like chivalric love like love is sacrifice yeah like love is sacrifice like you give up a part of yourself to something greater than yourself and i feel like i think that's parenthood you're confusing (laughs) that with parenthood (laughs) you don't think that applies to relationships as well though it shouldn't you don't think it should you don't think you should have to make any sacrifices you should get i mean compromises will be made but you should like gain so much more from a healthy relationship than you lose yeah yeah well i I don't i don't know i just saw something happen here what (laughs) dog you're throwing out wisdom you're just like i just don't Uh, know i don't don't know his eyes just rolled back receive this <laughs> let me give you this gift <laughs> but do yeah. you think that love now like love these days i feel like and this is only m- from my observations of the weddings i've gone to in the last three or four years five years um i feel like love n- now for the most part is what can this person do for me like it does have yeah. this sort of like sort of selfish uh, capital. Well, Bell agrees, capitalistic, <clears throat> and she breaks down. You know, I highly recommend all about love, but it is a little fatalistic. But she breaks down like community love, family love, romantic love, pl- like friendship love, and she you know ties it all together to say that we actually shouldn't see these as so different because right. they shouldn't be so different. Like when you say, "Have you ever been in love?" The answer probably is more like I'm in love with a lot of people right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm in love with a lot of my friendships. I'm in love with my mentors. Your community. Yeah, and like Most and days. <laughs> other things that some days. <laughs> some days. Some days. And um, yeah, I'm in love with my family unit. Like all these things. Yeah. But she talks about how like what love is not, and how we are often especially i mean some of the most obvious is like abusive relationships even starting with child parent like parents like hitting their kids repeatedly like this is damn can can this be love a podcast (laughs) yeah a podcast can this be love um and so bell you know she's pretty pessimistic like she's like my parents hit me they couldn't have loved me Oh, like mm. it's um i struggle with that too because my parents did that as well so yeah but it's, i think it's they rough. did it's hard to <laughs> i think they i did. have to believe it <laughs> <laughs> have... i have to believe yes because if i do <laughs> yeah she's like love cannot exist where violence is like love cannot exist it, but you know she's talking about a very like more perfect 
you know often bale is talking about a more perfect world yeah 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 and similarly i pulled some from adrian marie brown's book pleasure activism around like pleasure and how it um we really we have we have um love in many ways we have made it too complicated like we are afraid to say it is it too soon to say it is it this like that is these are it's this crazy it's like shouldn't be this way um especially when you think about it as an action and like a a way that you interact and grow with people around you yeah 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 so anyway that's that's when you think about it as around pleasure and what made me think about that is talking about like my mentor, you know, like being in love with my mentors and my friends. It's like Adrian Marie Brown um, challenges us to think through our pleasure lineage, which I think is really funny. Lots and you too, and you two would have a ball with this, <laughs> given your history. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about the pleasure lineage. Pleasure, your pleasure lineage. Make a list. Or try to think at least. Make a, at least a mental list, if not a physical list. Let me close my eyes for a moment. Yeah, this is your homework. Think about the, like, all of the moments in your life where you, like, immediately, that come to you immediately of, like, really just pleasure. Like, real real joy that you've experienced in your life. Physical pleasure or, like, spiritual? All of it. All of it. All of it. All of it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Every bit of pleasure and, and joy that you have had, that you've experienced in your life. Think about who brought that to you. Who, like. What substance made no people people this is this is about this keep is saying this is about elders mentors prince partners yeah totally like artists yeah, that have music. inspired you books i thought about the woman who introduced me to whitewater rafting like the woman who i go on okay. these trips with like she yeah. totally introduced me to a part of myself that i had did not know you know like yeah like lesbianism <laughs> that happened a little earlier <laughs> In my pleasure lineage, but yes, <laughs> Brittany. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> on my softball team, she's on that list. <laughs> There's just a lot, you know. It's like it's, we could, we could, and should make a long list of all the people who have like brought pleasure to our lives or helped us like understand our bodies, our spirits, whatever, yeah, in different yeah. ways. But the <laughs> the problem here that you two will run into is that she encourages us to contact all of them and thank them. <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> if we have not. And I would just love to be a fly on the wall while you two are Rolodex. And yeah. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, yeah. Uh, just want to thank you for... I want to thank you for the pleasure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, can you imagine, like, how, I mean, one of hey, the... Hey, uh, <clears throat> thanks for the sex back in 2004. <laughs> it's true. It's like, but... I mean, I literally first thought, I haven't done this. And it's like a part of the homework in this book that you're supposed to do, whatever, that I'm reading. And but I, and I haven't done it. Because it's very scary to think about. She's like, I mean, this, this whole book is about like really pushing your boundaries. But can you imagine me calling the first girl that ever came on my face and saying, that was such a spiritual experience for me. I don't know about this. <laughs> can you fathom it? Should, we, should I just do it on air and then it'll be this good radio? I'll just call her right now. Do it. That'll be my photo friend. I, you do it, Tom. Call the first girl that ever came on your face. <laughs> Tom, that's like, not happening. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if that's possible. I look like a man severed. <laughs> Produced a face orgasm for a while. Uh, Come on. 
crap all laugh has come out. <laughs> so, Tom is a part of your pleasure lineage. lineage. Yeah. I can tell you that right hey, now. Tom. I ain't on that gay shit now. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Well, so I guess to, to say to anyone in our audience, if you get a random phone call at about one or two in the morning, <laughs> someone thanking you for the pleasure you gave them in the Bush era. Uh, hey, we should send that out to all our Patreons. Thanks for the pleasure. Thanks yeah, for the pleasure. you bring us pleasure. That's for damn sure. You're part of our pleasure lineage. <laughs> all our patrons. You helped me pay off a lot of debt, and uh, so that's. Are nice. you paying your bills right now? No, not mm-hmm. anymore. Oh, more I or less. I can't fathom that. I no. can't fathom you paying any bills at this moment. Okay, no. good. When Whatever. I was, uh, uh, when I was in, uh, an employed, respectable citizen, yes, yeah. <laughs> paying yes. bills. I've never paid bills. I mean, I, my my mom jokes about this like. It's like rich people are the are the people who don't pay their bills. I feel like poor people are like adamant, like they you know have to budget every penny. You know where every penny goes, and poor people pay their fucking bills. And, yeah. And I have this like, I mean, Michelle's even commented on it that I'm like obsessed with paying my bills on time, and I like panic. I pay some, and I don't pay others. It just I th- depends. I think it's because of the trauma of having a vehicle repossessed as a child. Yeah. That I'm like terrified that they're gonna come take You're something get embarrassed from me. Now. <laughs> yeah, that it's gonna like, and also it was just, yeah, it was really embarrassing. It was just like a lot of, like I haven't let go. Well, the debt, a lot of the debt that I have is stuff that can't be repossessed, medical debt and exactly college mine too. Debt. But I st- so I, my, all of mine is student debt, and right. I mean I'm gonna have like maybe a few grand on a credit card or something that's just like junk. We will get to a point though, probably as a society in four years when they're knocking on your door like. We're going to need that liver back. You're getting a lobotomy, bitch. Well, yeah, right right. Now. We're taking that education <laughs> right on we're, back. Yeah, we're scooping you right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just can't fathom that I really, uh, like, that I really, sh- that, that my EKU education was really worth what I paid for it. You know? No. Yeah. You really think you got what you paid for at Moorhead? Or UK. Neither. No. No. Yeah, no. I just can't fathom. I mean, I don't know what's of that much value, but... It's not me <laughs> or any living I'm making. That's for fucking sure. My my dead beatness is sort of an aesthetic choice. <clears throat> I kind of like, you know, like reading about the Charles Baudelaire's and the Oscar Wilde's and the great, you know, yeah. dandyish literary men that died broke and penniless. <laughs> <laughs> but did so with style and aplomb. <laughs> I would imagine if at the time if you were to talk to them, they'd probably be like, I'm miserable, man. <laughs> well, Charles Butler constantly had to move residences to, to dodge his creditors. Yeah. My favorite is I just love the thought. Anytime Tom buys something in bulk to flip, that's my favorite Tom scam. <laughs> Tom, you do buy a lot of, you're right. Skateboard. Well, the thing about Tom, you think you gotta realize about Tom is he's always hustling, scheming, always scheming. Twenty four seven. I love it. Me and Michelle went to my favorite shoe outlet in Louisville this weekend, the Zappos outlet. I love it. I always buy a bunch of shoes I don't need, but they're very cheap. And she's always like, "Damn, I could probably, I could probably resell these online right now." And I was like. (laughs) Call up Tom. He'll probably tell you how to flip it. And she was like, I bet people do that for a living up here. And I was like, yeah, in a city, there's all kinds of fucking ways to make money. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, there is, too. I, look, I have a friend. Um, I have a friend, Mike Howard, who made, <laughs> who used to make a living getting moss and selling it to, like, dipshit hippies in California over the Internet who would buy That's it. That's a good hustle. As, who would buy it. As like at pure Appalachian like moss and stuff like that. Like on eBay? Yeah, no, no, no. Like just through like 
herbal forums and you know shit like that you know those bougie people out in fucking That's california brilliant. yeah they buy all kinds of appalachian shit all I gotta do is just Moss go outside. Moss is so cheap to mail. This comes full circle to my earlier proposal to turn the leaves into, into, into cash. Money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. there's always people you can you, know, you can hustle all kinds of shit. Well, when you started talking about other examples of incrementalism, <laughs> this comes back to I started thinking about student debt and how we could actually it's like everyone with student debt actually just gets paid that now just gets it paid that, back. They, they get that you're 70 in grand full. in debt scratch that you're getting 70 grand <laughs> yeah. that's the legislation we need to start pushing well you have to add you have to add an element of like insanity unhinged insanity to well, it because so if they can't pay it then obviously they need it well it has to have this sort of cultural it has to have this culture war dynamic to it so mm. so look trickle down economics put your, your, so these are educated people they're creating jobs put it through the twisted mind of me of terrence ray at the other side we teach the teachers and they all have to come into our safe space and we don't respect their pronouns and you know like that's what i'm talking about like that's that would be the incrementalism and in the opposite <laughs> that's good you know what i'm saying <laughs> the teachers are now the students <laughs> And uh, and we get and we get paid seventy thousand dollars on top. Yeah, to they teach pay them us. dumb shit about um, moss and. I love. Leaves. Is he still mailing people moss? That's a great gig. Probably so smart. Well, I, I learned all kinds of crazy things about Mike from Mike Howard. Um, another another uh, ingenious. In, in, what's the word I'm looking for? Ingenious thing I learned from Mike Howard. Was, um, Never thought I'd hear those two words in a sentence together, <laughs> but okay. Some people who are just living at the margins, they, they can, you know, they, they got survival tips. Yeah. Another thing I learned from him was that if you uh, don't have a lot of cigarettes, um, you know, if you want to bump some cigarettes, go to funeral homes. Because outside of funeral homes, people rarely smoke an entire cigarette. They'll just take one or two hits and then just put it out in the, in the ashtray there. So you can get, like, almost full cigarettes outside wow. of funeral homes. <laughs> In Louisville, That's I saw good. people pull out multiple pops out of trash cans and finish them off. It was wow. Rough. Wow. I was like, Whew. people living hard up here. Oh, yeah. In Louisville. Yeah. That's pretty dire, though. Just take it. Just leftover cigarettes from mourning people. <laughs> people in deep grief. That's how, that's how you catch spirit, ain't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> Woo. Oh, my God. But sometimes, you know, desperate times. You can also, it's pretty pretty good hack. You can just get in line at a drive-thru uh-huh. and you just don't, you know, say anything at the thing. And then when you get to the window, it's like. That's that's a classic hustle. That's easy. Yeah, what? Just, hey, you're, I, you're came through, I came through here about a half hour ago with my kids and we left uh, two oh, double yeah. cheeseburgers. And I saw that literally at the grocery store right before we started recording. Saw yeah. somebody doing that. Yeah, this woman, she came in, she said, uh, I got a bunch of Jimmy Dean sausages and they weren't in my bag. And the lady was like, had a line out the door and the lady was like, just go grab another thing. Of them. <laughs> when I would go to the poker houses, including the one over in Pineville, what they would do is some of those guys would bring their food stamps, EBT, they wouldn't, mm-hmm. they couldn't play, but they would go to the grocery store and buy like 50 cases of pop or some shit like that and bring it to the poker game. That way, if it got busted up, the cops couldn't say that like there's always uh, if you if you, here's a pro tip if you're ever hungry just go to a poker house 
because there's know. always going to be like 50 McDonald's dollar double cheeseburgers and chicken sandwiches on the table and all the pops you can drink. Interesting. Because the reason they do that is because if the cops busted up, they can say, well, we're playing for, for this. For cheeseburgers. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's legal. Well, that's how they... Cutting the pot is illegal. You can play a home poker game as long as you don't cut the pot. But poker houses all cut the pot, so they say the money's just uh, going for this, the stuff. Oh, the cut is going to cheeseburgers. For cheeseburgers or whatever. What does it yeah. mean to cut the pot? The house is taking a cut. Yeah. Oh. I don't know yeah. anything about gambling. Um, How long you got to hang out with this guy to catch a tip, <laughs> Terrence? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, well, you know, me and Tom have a division of labor, you know? We have and of interests. <laughs> <laughs> Neither the twins meet. That's right. <laughs> Very different. Right, right. He stays in his lane and I stay in mine. Yeah, how do you try to take him as your plus one to the poker house? I'd like to see how that would <laughs> That'd be fine. That'd be fine. I'm cool, Tanya. I'm cool. I can I can mix it up with poker players. Uh, Terrence would be like one of my buddies that we go there and, you know, I give him $50 to play with and he sits down and loses it and playing Tonk and Keno in the first fucking 30 <laughs> minutes and can't even play the real thing. When he came That's actually intentional. That's a strategic thing. That's I've how lost. I'd always get out of playing shit as a kid. Just get out just early. Dump, just dump it <laughs> Just throw away all your Monopoly hotels. Right. Exactly. exactly. Sorry, guys. Gotta go. Like, sorry, I can't play anymore. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> Basketball just fell out immediately. God. <laughs> Man, get off me. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um. So, what else is going on? How was New Orleans? New Orleans was good. It was... Uh, it's a fucking wild place down there. It's so fucking wild. <laughs> I learned a couple of interesting things. Southern Vegas. It, it's God. It's, been, you've been all over the South, man, lately. Miami, New Orleans. I've been. I've made the rounds. But let me tell you. Let me tell you some things that I learned. It's interesting. Did you know? Did you know? Little, this is a little barbet thing. That. Well, obviously, Louisiana is one of the only states in the country that was never colonized by the British at all. Like, British never owned Louisiana. Yeah. The French. The French. The French colonized it twice and the Spanish once. So you get a little yeah. mixture of the two cultures, mostly French. And as a result, law students, because the reason we were down there is to visit Tulane, law students that go to school in Louisiana learn the like the French statutes and words and stuff like that. No shit. And bar passage is harder in like other places because you don't really learn like the British like standards for different things. You learn the Spanish and the French. I mean, obviously you do learn, you know, there's some standardization, but there's a little bit of a learning curve. That's crazy. That's very interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. So what's your, what's your uh, stance? Do the French have better laws? They, the French create way cooler cities. I'll tell you that. <laughs> the fucking there's no grids. They're real fucked up, but they they know how to have fun and they make some questionable choices like building cities and swamps. But whatever. I went. The, I've only been to one strip club in my entire life, and it was in New Orleans. And at that strip club, I saw the craziest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Um. And you're not going to believe me. I've told Tom this story yet before, I think. You're not going to believe me, but I'm going to tell it anyways. I swear to God, I saw it with my own two eyes. It's like seeing a UFO. 
So, um, is this, you know, uh, I was with some of my buddies and, you know, the dancers are on stage and everything. And, um, this one dancer got on the edge of the stage and put her legs out like this, basically like put her pussy in her face. And, um, then this guy, <laughs> this guy put a $5 bill down on her pussy. Like, put it right down there. <laughs> I like how you get quiet sheepish right before you said P word. <laughs> well, she, I don't know how she did this, If whether there was some sort of, like, hidden hydraulic <laughs> apparatus. apparatus in the stage that I did not see, or if she just can queef really well. But she shot the dollar bill up from her pussy and set up and grabbed it in her teeth. And the whole fucking place went wild. And we were all just like, ah, just throwing dollar bills. <laughs> it, was, it was incredible. I thought it was That's A+. Plus. It was LeBron James shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's uh, so good. So shout out. <clears throat> shout out to that strip club. I wish I remembered the name of it. This was like a decade ago. Yeah. Um, there's like a whole strip of strip clubs. In New Orleans, I don't know what street it is, yeah. but uh, I I made the mistake of going in in the middle of the day. <laughs> it's like daytime strip clubs in New Orleans. It's not a good scene. Yeah, what is that like? Well, they pulled me up on stage. <laughs> Immediately knew that was uh, <laughs> three o'clock on a Tuesday. You're the only one in the house. Wait, I lied. I did go to a strip club the other day on accident. <laughs> Are you? Fucking- <laughs> okay, you just forgot that. Like, well, like this weekend. No, look, look. I'll show you. It's right oh, here. Oh, God. It's right here. Drop off at Cash Express by Platinum. My truck broke down in the parking lot of Platinum Blondes. That's the name of it. The strip Pure club. Platinum. I pulled over. I was in Lexington, and I pulled over to um, like find a place to eat on my phone. The place beside Paul Miller Ford and me, Dega <laughs> Yeah. 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 And, uh, That's my, where you pulled off? There was nothing there. There was no storefront. It was just an empty... Um, yeah, there are no windows at a strip club, Bubby. Well, but this strip club is turned back, so the back of the building is facing the road. It was on New Circle Road, I Purple. think. Purple. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Uh, yeah. There's, there's nothing. only one platinum. <laughs> there's been lakes in Kentucky. <laughs> there's nothing around except a cash express. I got a fight there with the bouncer once. Wow. They well, won't let women go in without men escorts. I got very upset really? about it. Oh, yeah. Well, the bouncer was kind of mean to me because I walked in there and was like... Please, sir. I need somebody to j- jump, jump my truck my- off. <laughs> <laughs> Could you jump me yeah. off? He goes. He goes. That's not happening. And I was like, <gasps> I was like, do you? But is there like a cook? I was like, because I, I understand. I mean, it's because you never know. There's all kinds of sketchy people that hang out inside of the strip clubs and probably pay, prey on the workers. And so I was like, I was like, I understand. It's cool, but there's a, like a janitor or a cook or a bartender. Somebody that could help me out. He was like, no, we can't go outside. We can't help you. And I was like, all right. I'm, I'm sorry. So I had to go. Over Did he try to give you like some coupons there for a free drink or something? Um, no, he didn't even do that. I love that this is where your trucks broke down and you've concocted the story that you were looking for somewhere <laughs> to eat on your phone. I was minding my business and all of a sudden. Just on my cell phone. Wait, I, I don't have any. Pro- I mean, you know, it was at like three in the afternoon on like a Tuesday. <laughs> Right, what was the scene in there when you went in? Completely dead. Completely dead. There was maybe two customers. Yeah. Um, but no, I had to go to the Cash Express across the street. The woman, you know, t- talked to me for like an hour about how her di- dad had just died and her whole family was dying. <laughs> she was trying to soften you up to tell you that, oh, and by the way, this is going to cost you $379. Well, she was like, were you over at Platinum? Come on, you don't have to lie to me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, look, I'm, there's nothing wrong with it. For the eighth I, time, I wasn't at Platinum. But if I was, if I was there'd be nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Sex work is labor, goddammit. Moral of the story is that we need more protection for our sex workers so that people like me can get their truck jumped off. Yeah. <laughs> Sesta Fosta fucks you out of getting your exactly, car jumped off. That is exactly right. Oh that is 100% correct. <clears throat> Way to make it about me. Well, what's the rewards card? Uh, the rewards card is... Um, I can't remember why what they What is this sketchy card. paper? Well, this... Man, I, to, I have so many questions here. <laughs> I had to call AutoZone and then they had to come <laughs> deliver a battery to my truck. And um, I don't remember why they gave me a rewards card. I can't remember why. Rough. Um, you had a rough trip to Lexington. <laughs> this was like this was right after my grandma died, and I was I flew back into Lexington, and I was about to drive back. Uh, this was months ago. This was a long time ago. And this is ago. still this has been laying here this whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cash Express by Platinum. Platinum. <laughs> wow. Anyways, Lord. sorry. I wanted to tell you that story for a while. I just kept forgetting about it. I was like, Tanya will find this amusing. <laughs> yeah, but you broke down <laughs> looking at food on your phone at 3 o'clock on a Tuesday Whatever. at the Platinum Park. Nobody has, nobody has to believe me. Fine, fuck it. Whatever. <laughs> nobody has to believe me that it wasn't bird shit on my shirt. <laughs> That's the funniest truth or thing. Right? <laughs> truth. Someone had zoomed in on that photo of me. And that's, zooming in all their videos. Yeah, was like he used the shirt in two videos. People are zooming in on your cum stain and your mustache. They're just out of control. Yeah, you lucked out, you asshole. <laughs> I know. I'm so glad I wasn't here. <laughs> I'm just like, thank God. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, for the record, I wore a jacket that day, and they wouldn't let you wear it. Didn't know that in the big, you know, in, in Hollywood. Hollywood, in Hollywood, you can't wear us in the business. <laughs> yeah, you can't wear, uh, you know. This, you know, stuff with logos on them. What was the logo? Like a mountain hardware logo. Oh, God, that's funny. Yeah. I, I say whoever becomes our thousandth Patreon gets that shirt. Gets that cum shirt? Yeah, you can have get that, your, that motherfucker. Your fucking... <laughs> Don't you go promising any more fucking t-shirts, Sexton. <laughs> Just, just eat your fucking words. Look, someone can have it. I don't know who we need to... We need to find a way to put some kind of Trillbillies logo on or it. Or that bottle of wine. I ain't letting that go. Yeah, Tony's never letting that go. I'm sitting on that goose egg till it's worth something. <laughs> it's probably worth about $14. <laughs> Say $14 it's worth now. Um, I made some new friends at this wedding over the weekend. Of course, everyone loved me. Did they? Natch. Yeah. I got a... I, did not expect to get a bunch of um, people coming up to me telling me what a good job I did as the minister. You know, it's like it's you didn't not expect a, that. No, I, I've never done that. I've never went up to a minister at a wedding and be like, "You did a great job. That was awesome. <laughs> That's true. Good job." I thought it was real weird. It started to creep me out. <laughs> and what I loved is that the bride, one of the bride's family, their, her aunties were, um, they were all very sweet to me and told me it went it went great and I did a good job. But then uh, the dirtier the dance floor got, the more I could tell they were like sketched out by me. They they weren't as nice to me really? later on in the reception. Yeah, because after we were dancing, <laughs> <laughs> Tanya Tucker came out. Well, I'll just tell it. Okay, I have an official pair of minister underwear, <laughs> and once I got drunk, everybody saw. Them. <laughs> but it was really just for me to begin with 
but they just came up for a second for the brides and then the brides made a big deal out of it and they made the professional photographer come over and take a picture of my ass because my underwear <laughs> said <laughs> you ready for this this is why they're my special minister underwear the underwear say no gods no masters no scrubs <laughs> And the, uh, these the, are these religious ants. Uh, yeah. And no, so the wedding were. photographer had to get a shot of this. Yeah, the brides freaked out. I thought it was just going to be like a little joke because no scrubs was on. I was like, Haha, that's my great. underwear. That's so funny. Yeah, it was. Fr- and then they were like, "No, get the photographer over here." And I was like, ah, "I don't think so." And they were like, "Oh, we're getting the photographer over here." Wow. I'd say that's going to be a pretty big hit. Yeah, it was a hit. It was a big hit. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big hit I wasn't expecting. <laughs> well, congratulations. When all else fails, show your ass, right? That's actually a wonderful, <laughs> a wonderful piece of advice. No, it was all around a good time. Anyway, the point I was saying is that I made some friends at, at the, uh, we had like, there was like a wedding brunch the next day. And we ended up talking about all kinds of just like fucking religious political shit the biggest debate we got in was over turkey bacon <laughs> turkey bacon is obviously <laughs> terrible right it's just objectively you awful went from religious political exactly. shit exactly that's why it's funny <laughs> exactly we did but this woman is in the military and she uh reminded us or told us all which i did not realize that it's now we've now been at war for 18 years and so now you like people who were uh initially in the like this war at the very beginning now they're like they've had children that are now in enlisting in that war. in the same war yeah that's bleak real bleak and she's like well, it's only a matter of time before this becomes a uh like feel good like these they're going to start doing like oh. feel good fluff stories about this and so i'm waiting for the first one to come down the pike so we can <laughs> i bet it already exists let's try to find it yeah I'm let's look sure there's all kinds exists. of insane shit like that yeah. Have you noticed this? There's this sort of, since my analysis has changed and evolved, I'll say, <laughs> changed and evolved, I've noticed little things in our society like that that, like, are just completely sociopathic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like little think pieces like that that are like, like the poor people don't deserve a vacation one. Yeah. yeah yeah like this just these like very callous things that are sort of dressed up in either like rise and grind culture or like this is just our american way of doing things right that they're just trying to slide under there and act like we're not supposed to have any kind of reaction to that right yeah yeah it's pretty bleak <clears throat> um, i'm trying to think of other examples <laughs> It's so hot. Well, that coal miners deserve the black lung they got for voting for Trump. You know, it's just like these like bizarro. Remember that? Yeah. Wow. Wait. So on that note, I was talking to Tom about this earlier today. There's like a new identitarian coal miner movement. Guess what the new word for coal miners is? energy displaced persons what <laughs> former coal miners this is wild because like cnn please 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 i prefer energy displaced persons <laughs> wow, wow. we got fucking cnn hit us up today it's like oh they were like oh yeah we heard so they're doing some solar spoof some solar story they're coming through tomorrow but they eventually like 
I don't even know how we got talking to this motherfucker because eventually they like said, well, we're only, we only have to go ahead to talk to minors. <laughs> and we were just like, what? Of course. What the fuck is wrong with you? No, yeah. Former coal miners. They just want you to find them the miners. Yeah. It's, a, it's yeah, the yeah, same. Yeah. It's been the same story for literal years now. It's just like. Well, you should have said, please, please, please. Energy displaced persons. <laughs> yes. We use around here. They say coal miners. You say, wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> interesting interesting i think i could fall into that umbrella kit term i could be an energy what are some person. what are some other uh, ridiculous identitarian terms like make them up if you don't know any right off like <laughs> you know like, like the billionaire thing was like <laughs> pro-life is pretty ridiculous you know how like the the new thing the billionaires want to be called was people of means people of means oh, people of wealth yeah. i thought or yeah. people of affluence or something like that yeah something well, wasn't affluent well, the reason the woman wasn't going to call him back? The, wasn't going to call back the journalist? Cause uh, yeah, because... In the email, he had sh- called her, or she had called her affluent. Affluent, right, right. She was like, I almost didn't respond. I almost didn't do that. So anything. people of wealth, I think, is the word that they mm. were going with now. Yeah. And now you've got energy-displaced persons. Or former miners, and I'm, I'm presuming also, like, oil and gas workers. <laughs> um, maybe not so much. No, uh, anybody that works in the fossil fuel industry and does was a former employee in the fossil worker in the fossil would fuel be an industry. energy displaced energy displaced person. Um, so I don't know what are other people that like uh people that break down in strip club parking lots. Um, <laughs> horny, dis- horny displaced horny persons. Displaced, horny. horny displaced persons. Um, Born. <laughs> uh, gee, I don't know, Tom. It uh, wasn't hundred degrees. Bet, well, maybe there's one for like first responders. They actually want to be or, or cops. Cops. They don't want to be called cops. They want to be called some other like people of the civil line. Civil servants. Def- well, defenders of the line. Defenders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just trying to think of like because okay, so we, but to do this, you have to dig into the psychology behind the. Appalachian American. Displaced. Dude, that is a Not really... Not hillbilly. That's a, Appalachian that one's American. A, that one's an amazing one <laughs> that I subscribe to. I got to I got to just say something. I'm just going to go off. If you want to cancel me, cancel me. <laughs> You're already canceled, Tom. You can't cancel the cancel. That's Carrie's favorite joke is that Tom's canceled. <laughs> Why am I canceled? Because she thinks it's your greatest fear. It's being canceled. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. We got to talk about Appalachia. Do we have to talk about Appalachia? I just want to talk about Appalachia for a second. Let's Do talk we? about it for a second. Uh, particularly, I want to talk about Appalachian chauvinism. Let's talk about it, baby. Oh, I think this should be part two of this segment <laughs> on Patreon. Well, I'm assuming we're probably going to have to hum a lot of bar. We're probably going to have to cut a lot of that up top out maybe no no why it'll all go on okay <laughs> i'm not what, editing what's up top that needs to be cut out nothing i've just said i just thought if i actually wanted to treat this as a job i could edit it but how many of tom's gonna go <laughs> off on tom go off <sighs> we need to just relax a little bit just need to let relax a little bit i've noticed something and listen i love all all y'all when i say this i ain't picking on anybody and and i'm as guilty as anybody we're as guilty as anybody but we've had a tendency to dogpile on anything that sort of reeks of 
you know, sort of um, big city privilege, coastal privilege, you know, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I'll never use the phrase coastal elite again as long as I live. <laughs> not because that's not a thing, just because that's so tired. As long as I live. <laughs> but, like, like, look, okay, so Sarah Jones said, tweeted something that, like, a lot of people got didn't agree with and thought was unfair and that may if you know depending upon your perspective may have been true may not have been whatever i'm not opining on that but then you gotta you gotta uh, you got everybody <laughs> got it showing up in the damn comments calling sarah jones a carpetbagger and all this shit it's just like come on y'all what you're I think what you're dancing around here is you would like to cancel the South. I don't necessarily want to cancel the South. <laughs> I just think we need to, like, relax and not, like, you know, like, like people are just popping off, like, Sarah Jones is legit, like, from here. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. okay, if you don't like something she said, that's that's one thing. Okay? But to call her a but lawyer. Can't, can't call her a carpetbagger. <laughs> you have to call her a lawyer. How dare. Did someone call her a lawyer? No, no, no. <laughs> yes, they did. Yeah, they did. Did they, did really? they really? Yeah, they called her a New York lawyer. <laughs> that was my favorite bird. <laughs> I was on the water that day. I was canoeing. Yeah, I, well, I was out too, and then I tried to catch up. I never did figure out what actually happened. I never did either, really. I, never I just did. know there was something about Mennonites and something about yeah. KKK. I, and yeah. then Sarah Jones ended up being a carpetbagger. Yeah, I never knew what actually took off. I, it was I like, guess what made people mad. It was something with DSA. Cause I thought it was, all I saw was her flash out. The South deserves better DSA chapters. That's right. I guess she was. She took exception. And I don't know what the hell happened. How some guy in Tennessee was tweeting about the Mennonites and how they confronted the Nazis or, yeah, or yeah. the KKK or whatever. Mm. Same shit. I couldn't track that down. I don't know how to find the original tweet. It's, <laughs> no, it all. It's all too complicated. I say all that just to say this is. I'm gonna make a solemn pledge to try not to dogpile on people anymore. Dogpiling is bad. This is not true. It's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not going to stop. I think that uh, if there's anything that I want to say about this, is that um, I, I too, ha- over the years, this is the struggle session. This is me lashing myself on the back. Cat of nine tails. Um, I think that people who um, people who sort of talk about this the south as it's the as if it's this sort of like exploited uniquely exploited place like almost a colony or something like that um have it exactly backwards like there are bad southern people or quite a few of them actually there are bad <laughs> Appala- there are bad hillbillies and i'll tell you what they're rich that's the thing that's like, the that's the thread that the, they're only it's like i've said before there are only two nations on the world it's the capitalists and the proletariat that like there's no south there is no north like we've all got the same enemies um you know i mean you can talk about differences like regionalism like you can talk about like oh you say things this way and i say things that way but once you elevate it into you eat this kind of food i eat this kind of food once you elevate it into the realm of politics it gets falls apart under scrutiny it's it's literally reactionary is what happens wow i mean these things you're talking these are the these are like tools of organizing bringing people together based on like common blah 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 but the whole point is right We've got things in common. Common enemies. Right, right. 
and uh, just got to keep that in mind. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would like to t- dig into that in, a, in another episode. And we talked about it on one of our recent pre- Patreon episodes when we talked about the that movie Hillbilly. <laughs> oh, I didn't listen. I didn't hear that one. <laughs> That's pretty good. But basic the, the the movie alone was enough to make it through. Do I really have to sit through a takedown? It was god awful. <laughs> it was a piece of shit. You think that okay, well what we should do is show them side by side when uh Hillbilly LG movie comes out and see which one. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh no. <laughs> I'd yeah, this last 15 minutes has to go on Patreon. No, Hillbilly movie is worse. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because it actually obscures the problem. At least with Hillbilly Elegy. Um, well, he does it too a little bit because he's kind of a liberal in many ways. But with Hillbilly, that movie, it obscures the problem. I mean, in the, in the universe that this movie creates, Don Blankenship would be a good person because Don Blankenship is a hillbilly. And my point is that there are bad hillbillies. <laughs> Here's my question. You didn't enjoy a little bit. You didn't like the story arc of the deliverance story. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Even that made no sense. Even that like made like we're supposed to think that like the deliverance actor in that movie like we're supposed to think that the enemies of his story are Hollywood executives. It's like they thought what their movie was missing was a gotcha. Yeah, exactly. That was their gotcha. The, the the real villains of that movie are like Sam Walton and Donald Trump. You know what I mean? Or the sh- the real villains that should be in the movie. Yeah. Like it's not Hollywood's fault that that dude has to work at Walmart for the rest of his life. That's the fault of the capitalists. That's like, the fault of the capitalists. And, you know, and that's not to say that there's not, like, a lot of criticisms to be made of Hollywood. It's just... Yeah. The whole... The movie was just completely confused about what it wanted to be. Didn't know what it wanted to be. She wouldn't even let her uh, hillbilly supporting family in the movie. Trump her support- Hillary. Her Hillary, Hillary supporting <laughs> family in the movie. Yeah. That's my favorite part. That the whole other side of her family are just like super liberal Hillary supporters, and they weren't even in the like she doesn't even she wouldn't let them in the movie. Well, because it didn't that? support her narrative of the fucking fucked up story she's trying to tell. Well, and it was also funny like she encountered some random people at a gas station, which if you looked like her, those people and the Deliverance actor were like the only people in that movie that weren't either her family or um, you know writers or academics and they were like Trump's not going to do anything for this place <laughs> I'll tell you the truest yeah. the truest uh, the saddest part here is that this woman has gotten herself I got a call this week yesterday I guess or Friday anyway whatever last few days I got a text <clears throat> that someone had talked to someone and talked to someone had gotten to me that she has landed herself an HBO series on nice. rural LGBTQ people. Badass. Fuck I'll, me fucked up. How it. do these people land these jobs? <laughs> Talk about failing. I'll tell you what. I'll, t- I'll tell you how. Society's dog shit. <laughs> and so someone texts me like, hey, if you want to be a part of this HBO series, hit up Tyler on Instagram. No, thank you, Tyler. And how the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> 
society sucks real bad apparently there's about to, they're about to drop a bunch of rural queer series and they're all gonna be really terrifying hbo I, is it's hbo and, and other places apparently this is gonna rule and of course this, you know every time i think this the well's drying up everything i don't know how long we can go <laughs> <laughs> the heavens open up and manna, manna comes in the form of content <laughs> just comes and the Lord provides. <laughs> yeah, the Lord provides. So that's how we're going to keep this rolling. Well, I, I mean, love it. there's an MTV, there's, there's going to be a new MTV reality show about Pike County kids, right? That is right. Yeah. Like a buck been, wild too, or something. Well, it's they've been. It, it's gonna have to drop sometime. They were renting three houses at three different places in Pike County, and paying you know paying kids to li- hang, live there, party there, do whatever they want, and we're documenting all of it. And so that's gonna drop sometime soon. Hell kids, yeah. you want to listen drugs? It makes for good TV. <laughs> yeah, really yeah. It's like they don't want to. They don't want the producers don't want to get too involved, so they're just leaving bags of weed under pillows like the fucking <laughs> tooth fairy and shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God damn. Damn, that's dope. They're like uh, letting the air out of their tires so they get to film these kids trying to change their tires. Shit. This is the whole yeah, thing yeah, yeah. fucking kills me. I wonder how much of that shit, like Buck Wild when it was on, how much of that shit was like just contrived scenes, you know? You'd think they would. Well, I mean, it, it, it's like us. It becomes, even those kids, they became an exaggerated version of themselves and they like couldn't top themselves until they were dead, literally. Yeah, Do you think they would have lost, Do you think they would have learn their lesson with Buckwild. I mean, the kid, he he died mudding. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the weird thing that I didn't understand in that movie. It Like, her, I, I guess her point was Yeah, that's that, in the movie, too, ain't it? Yeah. Buckwild, like, yeah. I guess that her point was, like, he died because of, because he was trying to live up to a hillbilly stereotype. And it's like, I mean, he was just doing what he liked to do on the weekends. And, I mean, maybe the fame killed him, but... I don't buy that. Well... Anyways, I'd like to... Uh, let's put a cap on this one. Peace. Uh, <laughs> um, any any closing thoughts, anybody? Anyone got anything to say? I think Tom's just over all the valor, all the hype. Yeah. Southern Appalachian the, valor. The South, I mean, I, I'm with you He's on this. He's over it. I'm it, with you well, on Well, it's just the thing is, is... I was reading Glenn O'Brien's essay about Donald Trump maybe a week or two ago. And he's got this great line that I've used on the show before and probably tried to pass off some of my own, but he <laughs> said that, you know, any man that makes a doll of himself that says 17 of his, like, signature phrases has himself become the doll. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how all the shit has become. It's just, like, feigned outrage about, like, nothing. Like, there are things to get mad about for sure. In Plenty. terms of, like... We talk about them all the time. But, like, come, like, come on. If you're just, like, like... Think something's you know bad that somebody you otherwise like says, and it's leading you to like say weird things like calling him a carpet bagger. I just you know, five thirds to weigh in. It's really Tom's worried this too. is gonna come back to haunt him because he's gonna do something to get canceled. It's like <laughs> these little minute things that'll get you canceled these days. I don't know. I just don't. I just like. I don't know. There's this like ready-made Southernism that I'm just not terribly attracted to that I think is weird. You know what I mean? And this like, like I'm even hearing like people like, you know, like the gratuitous y'all became a thing we've talked about, which is fine. I don't give a fuck who says y'all or not. I don't give a shit. about People that like grandstand about that or like how you pronounce Appalachia or whatever. I don't care about any of that stuff. But now it's getting to like, I hear people fainting the flat eye sound. 
Ah, ah, ah. You notice this? No. Uh, you know the flat eye sound. <laughs> I got noticed people like fainting. Tanya. Fainting like. I went to the store. <laughs> oh my God. Like say ah. Ah. Yeah. You don't say I. You know, like most people will. I. I say I. Uh, like Terrence would say I. I. I Maybe say we'll. I. Really? I say I. I don't uh, say I. I. If I said I, it would be like, you'd be like, that's an affectation. Um, uh, anyway. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> this is devolving into weirdness. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Tell me I'm sp- I speak incorrectly. Is this what you're saying? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just saying people are trying to take that from you. <laughs> <laughs> Have it, man. You took everything. You're going to fight back. And I, it's not even about all that. No, I like, do. Like, it ain't even about authenticity or anything. Like, that's just like, just... I think what you're struggling with is that it's all become commodified. And in the, like, neoliberal whatever world, it's it's really... Uh, th- because everything's about sort of, like, representation and about your own sort of, like, uh, histrionic performativity online, that that lends itself perfectly to a Southern performativity. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's I think that's close. I think, uh, yeah, and and um, and and when I say this, I do this. We do this. We've done this with the show. You know what I mean? Like, 100%. I, know, I was about to say, it's funny that we're we are telling people not to do this. We're literally our show's literally called Trillbillies. Like, we're the true hillbillies. One hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's just you know, it's I don't know. No, I forget that I say I differently until I'm ordering a Sprite in Brooklyn, New York. What do you get? Sprite? It's like, can I have a Sprite? Sprite. Well, Sprite. I don't Can't say Sprite. Sprite. Can I have a Sprite? Can I have sprite. a fucking Sprite? Can I have a fucking Sprite, bitch? <laughs> I don't want your fucking Sierra Mist, you cunt. Give me a fucking Sprite on my face. <laughs> sprite on my face. Call up the girl, the first girl that ever Sprite on your face. Yeah. Thank you for the sprite on my face in 2003. I would love to hear you calling up your pleasure lineage. <laughs> what about your displeasure lineage? See, that's not going to bring you the pleasure you think it That will. ain't pleasure activism. I, <laughs> I don't think that's going to do for you, you what you think it is. That's going to bring up a lot of trauma. I don't know, Tanya. You, re- you forget that I, I hold all my grudges right here, and I'd never let a single one of them go. No, I don't forget. <laughs> I don't forget that. And it ain't helping you, is what I'm saying. You're this right. is a self-help You're right. activity. But when everybody does me wrong, you know, I'm obviously the victim of every single thing. And it was obviously on purpose. It they was, like, went right. out of their way to they went out victimize of way. you. Why doesn't the fucking world just do what I want it to do? <laughs> this is another hour and a half episode. We're giving the people too much. All right, fair enough. Go too to, much. Go to the Patreon um p a t r e o n dot com slash trillbilly workers party um there's all kinds of good content there and check out trillbillies on means tv yeah if it wasn't all over your timeline today yeah. like mine you can go to the, check it out on youtube um i don't know what you type in <laughs> do you go to means tv's youtube page it's probably the first thing on there means Excellent. tv um, and go donate to means Go donate to them and gonna donate to us because we need that money. Um, and uh, and next week is the 100th episode, so send 
your questions and answers, or wait, just your questions. <laughs> but if you have answers too, we'll take it to Trillbilly Workers Party at Gmail at Gmail dot com, or you can slide into the whoever's DMs DMs that you want to ask your the confessions, questions. My please. DMs aren't open unless you follow me, but um, mine unfortunately are. <laughs> I've sent y'all a few recent examples. Or wait, unless I follow you. Bad news. That's the way it works. Um, and then there was something else. Confessions. Also, send your confessions to Aunt Bernice over here. Minister Turner. Minister Turner. Because I would love to. Now you got to be a pastor or bishop. Pastor no, or but bishop. Minister's not really a title. You've got to be pastor or bishop. I'm bringing or it back. Reverend. I'm bringing it back. Be a cardinal. Why not be a cardinal? You could do a rare, rare Cardinal would be good. Cardinal what? Turner? It's Rev. Yeah. I love the way they're all dressed in red. Isn't that what a cardinal wears? I don't know what you're talking about. You don't think cardinal don't cardinals wear red? <laughs> oh, in the Catholic in church. In the Catholic church. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they so. all stared at me like I'm crazy. No, I, it's, I'm just <laughs> I deliriously hot. Any, I don't know anything about the Catholic Church, but that they drink and mm. fuck. I like that's why I just lobotomized me for the last hour and a half. It's been it's a hot episode. It's hot up here. It rained just now. It's humid. It's a problem. It's pretty humid. Um, all right. So go send us that shit and go to the Patreon to do that shit. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.